Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. So if you have listened to uh, the first episode in this new series, you'll know that I am answering your questions as we go through this series, which is series three. And so today I am answering the question, where do you start? I hear this a lot from parents and I get it. When you're struggling, when you're feeling disconnected from your child, when you are maybe struggling with behaviours or just don't know what to do or your child has shut down and, you know, maybe they're a teenager and trying to get them out of their bedroom is just like mission impossible. Or maybe you're experiencing much more challenging behaviours. Where to start can feel like a big thing. It can feel like a massive thing that you are trying to change and huge shifts that you need to make. So what I want to do, whether you are new to this approach or whether you've been using it for a little bit or whether you just think, oh, do you know what? I just need to refocus. I want to take you through some of the stages that I recommend as a place to start. Now, what I would say is that every family is in a different situation. So we don't all need to start in the same place. So what I would do is listen through the ideas that I'm going to kind of suggest in this podcast and pick what works for you now. And that won't be the same as everybody because we're all in a different place. What you do need to do, though, is be honest with yourself about where you are and about what is going on for you so that you can kind of pick the right thing to start with. And of course, don't forget, I'm always here to ask questions. You can jump into the free Facebook group, which is uh, Connective Parenting Using MVR, nearly forgot, um, on Facebook. You can pop in there and ask questions and get as much free advice and help. I share tips and ideas in there. I won't give you that much individual personalised advice in there because it's very hard for me to do that. But you will get peer support and ideas which can really, really help you on this journey. If you want individual support from me, then get in contact and we can think about the best way of doing that. The Connected Parenting Hub is probably a good place to start. But anyway, let's think about where to start with this approach. That's the more interesting bit, isn't it? This approach for me is really about us as adults looking after children, thinking about how we react and interact with them. So we need to start with us. And so often when I am working with families, this is the bit where we need to acknowledge how we are feeling in that moment and work from there. So whether you've been using this approach for ages or whether you're brand new to it, be honest with yourself about how you are feeling right now. Is your tank completely empty? Are you running on fumes and just struggling to get through the day doing the bare minimum? Or are you thinking, actually, you know, I've actually got the energy. I'm just not sure about the connection or I'm struggling with the behaviour. Be honest with where you are. If you are kind of running on fumes, then the place to start is with yourself. Because when you are like that, it is really, really hard to do or change anything else in terms of reactions in the moment, connections, all of those things, because you may not have the energy to do it. And we need to start thinking, how can you top up your tank a little bit so you're not running on fumes? 
I know at the moment, as I record this, we're in lockdown um, across the whole of the UK. And if you're listening in another part of the world, you may well be in lockdown as well. It is tiring. We've had nearly a year of kind of a, a weird year. I don't even know how to describe it. And that in itself can be really exhausting on top of any issues you may have been experiencing beforehand. So if your tank is running on empty, firstly, don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty. Think about what you can do to top it up. And, you know, two minutes of breathing every day, really properly deep breathing will really work to help you top up your tank. I know it sounds crazy, but sometimes it's starting with something as simple as that to get us moving forward and feeling better. And it's a great exercise to do with your children as well. You don't need to do it by yourself. You could do it with the kids and help them to regulate and relax and calm their own bodies, which is helping everybody in the family. I try and do something, and the word in that sentence is try, to do something for myself that relaxes me and regulates me every day. And that might be going for a walk. It might be reading my book. It might be just taking some deep breaths or taking a few minutes longer in the shower and enjoying the shower. It might be doing some yoga or just making sure I'm eating sensibly. Whatever it is, it's about doing the things that work for you and fitting them in. So often we don't. And when we're struggling as a family, and I see this a lot, and I know from my own experience, when we as the adults are stressed or tired or not feeling well or maybe you know if you're parenting as a couple there's a lot of friction between you that filters out into the rest of the family and I know that has an impact here and I know for some of the families that I work with you know when we can get mum and dad kind of connected again and on the same page it has a huge impact on the family now I'm not blaming anybody I'm not you know when things are difficult it will affect your relationship with your partner with your friends or family potentially and we need to be thinking about ourselves and what do I need but also possibly having very open and honest conversations with our partners saying actually I'm struggling when you do this or I need this from you to help and when we as adults are calmer and in a better place that can have a big impact on the children in our lives because we are not sending out those kind of um, stressed or frustrated or angry vibes, which we might be doing unintentionally. So really think about where you are, what you need to top up your tank. It's so, so important. And also understand your own triggers. You know, if your children not being able to cope with their schoolwork when they're doing online learning is a huge trigger and they are struggling as well, then you might need to look at is this the right way for them to be learning? Or if sitting at the table when they eat with their mouth open drives you insane, then look at A, where does that trigger that belief come from? Is it something that you could work on to reduce so that it's not a problem for you? Or could you maybe think about, you know, where you sit at the table so you don't see your child eating with their mouth open? Or, you know, things like that to really help reduce those triggers, because sometimes it's those little things that lead on to the bigger things. Actually, quite often it's those little things that lead on to the bigger things. So understanding your own triggers and your own 
uh, beliefs about things will hugely help a how you feel about yourself because it will remove some of that guilt you might feel when you kind of escalate things with your child but it also changes the connection with them and this really leads into my second point about where to start which is raising our presence our children or those children in our care need us they need us to be there for them to hear them to acknowledge them to see them when we are feeling low or when we are exhausted by their behaviours, it can become quite easy and natural because we're trying to protect ourselves to back away from our child. The problem with that is as we back away from them, their behaviours are more likely to escalate because they're not feeling safe and secure. They're feeling that sense of disconnection, which is escalating their behaviours. And when I say escalate, that could be escalate in terms of Uh, becoming more verbally aggressive, more physically aggressive, more defiant, or it could be in terms of withdrawing and hiding from you. That's also, you know, a sign that they're becoming more disconnected. And whilst partly, you know, some of that is certainly their teenagers quite normal, obviously there is a point to which actually it becomes a little bit worrying if they're totally disconnecting from the world. So we need to be thinking about raising presence. And this is something that we can do in some ways quite easily so even if we're absolutely exhausted there are ways that we can raise our presence with our children that don't take too much emotional or physical energy we can be honest about our emotions with them and this really does raise presence interestingly because if your child looks at you and you're really grumpy that day and your face really gives it away and shows that you're really grumpy and frustrated and fed up, they may assume that it's them. And so when they say, what's the matter? And you say nothing. They may kind of go, well, they're not being honest with me because I know something's wrong. And that will impact on how they feel about themselves and their connection with you. They may not say to you, What's the matter? Why are you grumpy? Or, you know, acknowledge it. But their behaviour might show it. Whereas if we say, do you know, I'm feeling quite grumpy today. I don't really know why. Or I'm feeling quite grumpy today because this has happened or that's happened. Or it's nothing to do with you. I'm just feeling a bit grumpy. We are acknowledging how we feel. They then know it's not about them. And that releases some of that tension that might be between you and increases connection. It also shows them it's okay to have those emotions and it's okay to be a bit grumpy. And when you are, there are ways of managing it that don't involve negative behaviours. Negative behaviours, I don't like that phrase, but, you know, behaviours that are unhealthy. So if you're feeling a bit grumpy, you might want to say, you know, I'm feeling a bit grumpy today. I don't really know why. So I'm going to tell them what you're going to do. I'm going to go and curl up under the the blanket on the sofa and watch a movie that makes me laugh I'm going to dance around the kitchen because that always makes me feel better I'm going to go and talk to the person who's upset me whatever it is talk to them about the emotion now if you're upset with them you might want to say actually I'm a little bit upset about what happened earlier on but I'll be okay I just need to work through it you know be honest with them about your feelings and that really does raise presence and it's also great for us from a self-care point of view as well Another way that we can raise presence is by recognising their emotions. So we're acknowledging ours and recognising ours and verbalising ours. We can do the same with them. 
you know, I can see that you're frustrated at the moment. Is there anything I can do to help? Or if they're shouting at you, you know, I can see you're really angry. Or if they're happy and smiling, it's so lovely to see you happy and smiling. Or I can see you're happy and smiling. Just recognise and acknowledge their emotions. Show them that you are seeing them and how they are feeling. And if they're angry, it's not necessarily about going and solving their anger, but just recognising it and saying, I can see you're really angry. Sometimes just somebody empathising with us and acknowledging how we're feeling can make a big difference to how we feel. And also, if they know that there's something that they can do when they're angry, if you help them realise that that's the emotion they're feeling, because they may not recognise that emotion, it might help them go, oh, I am, yeah, when I'm angry, I can go and. And they can do those things that help them to calm and regulate or do those things with you. So recognising emotions is a brilliant way of raising presence. And it doesn't take that much kind of emotional, physical energy from us to do that. Hearing what they're saying is another way of raising our presence. We all as humans want to be heard. We want to be able to say to somebody, this is how I'm feeling. And for them to kind of acknowledge that and empathise with us. So often I think we don't always hear what a child is saying, particularly if it's something that we don't want to hear. You know, if it's something really negative, um, like I hate you. We don't want to hear that as the adults. So we might say, oh, well, I don't feel like that about you. You know, it's not a nice thing to say. You shouldn't be saying that. That's how they're feeling in the moment. If we say, oh, you hate me. I'm really sorry. That's how you feel at the moment. We're acknowledging them. They're hearing we're hearing them. And that's hugely empowering. And they go, oh, great. okay." and it can make them feel better just by being heard and acknowledged. It's not agreeing with the emotion, but it's hearing them. And it's showing them that we do listen to what they're saying, even if we don't like it. And, you know, as they grow up, they will learn that you hear people and you listen to them, even if you disagree with them. And I think that's a really powerful skill for a lot of us to learn, um, you know, and, and to be able to do. Another way of raising our presence is show interest in them. Spend some time with them doing something they love. Don't say, right, we're going to spend five minutes together. We're going to go and do this. If it's not something they particularly enjoy, spend time with them doing something they enjoy. Let them choose what it is they do. Go and join them where they are. You know, if that is, I don't know, playing Lego, sitting on the living room floor and you're just like, oh, God, this bores me to tears. I get really bored with this. Just sit there for 10 minutes and play that 10 minutes of engaging with them on focusing with them on showing interest is so so powerful in terms of connection and their own internal narrative someone wants to sit and play with me you want to sit and play with me you're interested in me all of those things make us feel better we know that as adults and it's exactly the same for our children so sit and play even if you're thinking oh really you know or your child is a complete gamer and you really don't want to have to go and talk to them about gaming um or your child is into i don't know tv programs you might not find interesting just engage with them meet them where they are and connect with them honestly the difference it will make to your relationship will be you know big it and it's not a magic wand obviously it will take time Because they will need to know that you really are interested, that you genuinely do care about them. But it does make a difference. 
ask them questions about the things they enjoy. So it might be that you don't want to go and game with them or they don't want you with them when they're gaming. Certainly the case in our house. Uh, but you might want to afterwards, you know, when they come down to uh, get food, which as a mum of a teenager seems to be fairly frequently, just say, oh, how's the game going? Or are you having fun? Just that connection that shows that you are interested in them, even if it's 30 seconds, is empowering. And I think we often underestimate that that off the cuff connection that I'm thinking about you even when I'm not with you. That really does impact on how we feel when somebody else, you know, maybe messages and says, how are you doing today? Or how did that go? Or, you know, something like that. It does make us feel good. And our children are exactly the same. So if they're stuck in their bedrooms gaming, um, you know, and not wanting to come out when they do, just say, how's it going? Are you having fun? Or what are you doing? Or, you know, anything that engages and connects and shows that you are interested in them is really, really powerful. So the final thing I wanted to talk about today in terms of where to start is de-escalating. Now, this for me is it's really important to think about how you de-escalate, but it's also quite hard to do if your tank is empty. So if your tank is empty, this might not be the right place to start right now. But what you could do is start with the kind of the deferred conversation. So after there's been an escalation, whether you have stayed calm or not, have that reconnective conversation afterwards and in MVR terms we call it the deferred conversation have that conversation to understand you know to acknowledge how they were feeling to show that you could see it to think about their emotions to think about how they might be able to handle those differently now depending on your child depends on how you have this conversation and I've recorded other podcasts that cover it and there's some training on my website as well but just start by, you know, acknowledging it, because even if you just say, I'm so sorry you're upset earlier on, I could see you were really angry. That's a really good starting place for reconnecting. Or if you, you know, really lost it, just I'm so sorry I got cross earlier on. I realise that's not the right thing to do to shout when I'm angry. You know, just these things reconnect with your child and help you on the path to having a stronger connection, a more open relationship and helping them to understand emotions and increase their own emotional intelligence. So those three kind of relatively simple steps, I say relatively and I say simple, understanding it's not always depending on how you're feeling. Think about you, be honest with yourself and top up your tank if you're running on fumes. And, you know, wherever you are, however filled your tank is, keep making sure you're focusing on that and understanding yourself. That for me is a critical part of this approach and that's where we start seeing the changes. Raise your presence with them. Think about how you can spend time with them or show you are interested in them and talk about emotions to make them normal. And then thirdly, think about starting to de-escalate in a way that works for you. So it might be that, you know, it is with the deferred conversation because the thought of staying calm in the moment is just, you know, you haven't got the energy to do that right now. Think about where would start for you. And for those three things, you know, think about honestly where you are and what you need to start with. Don't try and change everything all at the same time. Keep it simple. So often we 
overcomplicate things or we think that things at home are so complex we're never going to be able to resolve it. Break it down. And I remember being told years ago, you know, eat an elephant one bite at a time. And I think that's a really, really appropriate phrase for this kind of approach. Pick one thing, start working on it, start implementing it. And as that starts to become more natural, put the next thing in and the next thing and the next thing. Don't try and eat the elephant all in one go because it's overwhelming for everybody. Taking consistent small steps is much better than trying to, you know, or consistent small bites to stay with the same metaphor than trying to eat the whole thing in one go and not and, and stopping and giving up or being a bit like doing it one day and not doing anything else for three weeks. Try and do it consistently, a little bit at a time and keep moving it forward. You will see change. There's no magic wand, but you absolutely will see change. So pick the thing you're going to start with and start there and start embedding it. And, you know, you may well need to tweak it as you go. You might go, oh, that's not quite working. What is it I'm not doing? You know, is it my tone of voice? Is it this? Is it that? Talk about it, acknowledge it, talk about your emotions, talk about your feelings and you will move forward. If you're parenting um, as a couple, talk to each other about how you're feeling, support each other, you know, connect with each other so that you can kind of realise that maybe you're not frustrated with each other, you're just exhausted or that one of you needs to cover while the other one gets a bit of breathing space. Work together to move things forward. And over time, you absolutely will see change. So that's this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting on where to start. And I hope these three ideas help you, whether you are new to this, as I said right at the start, whether you are, you know, have been using this for a while and just needing a bit of a recap or whether maybe you've fallen off the wagon and you're like, oh, it's all starting to go wrong. Um I think these are the places to start to think about and, you know, don't blame yourself. Don't put pressure on yourself. Just pick one thing and move forward with it. And I said, if you want some help or advice, jump into the free Facebook group. I share tips and ideas in there most days and you can get support from other parents as well who've been through it. And you can really you know, understand how this approach can work in real life. So that is all for this week's episode. Um, I'll put some links for you in the show notes as always to any further help and resources you might want. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting.